I have this thing where swimmers, especially people who identify as swimmer, super boring. So like, <laughs> like <laughs> I want to identify as a swimmer. I'm like, nope, I am. <laughs> but I happen to swim, and I'm decent. <laughs> so yeah. Welcome back to the Social Kick Podcast. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got a full crew today: Dr. John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and joining us from Texas, Shane Cassis. What's up, Shane? What's up? What's happening? What's going on in College Station? Uh, not much. Just training and uh, schoolwork and relaxing, living the life. Well, shoot, man. So you you, uh, you just came off a pretty big meet, some pretty great performances, too. Give us a, a rundown of your reaction to SECs. Uh, SECs was definitely like uh, one of those meets that has a lot of anticipation and pressure put onto it. And I think... You know, from a swimming standpoint, I did all right, but I feel like I was lacking a couple things going into the meet. And I learned that I learned from that meet that I need to be a little more aggressive with like my training and like my mindset going into things because I felt really like lackadaisical and like relaxed going into the meet. And I felt like I was in a good place and I was too, too comfortable, you know. Hmm. Is there one race that stood out for you that you thought about it, like in particular that you're disappointed in? Yeah, the hunter butterfly was not really something I was happy with at all. Cause you know, like I went forty four nine ninety or something like that in the finals, but I was just frustrated because I went forty four like ninety eight or whatever in a dual meet, and I wasn't shaved for that. And I was just I really I was excited, and I really thought I had a lot more in in the tank. But butterfly is super strange for me, like that, like. I don't know. It's just one of those that either happens or it doesn't. Like, even if you want it to, it just, it's either yes or no. But the it's other way I can make it happen. Yeah. What, what about I bring it up now and we take a look at it? Um, I have it here. So, those are watching. This is just last weekend, 2021 SEC's 100 Fly Final. I believe this is it. I'm going to be bringing up. Um, yeah. And let's get to the blocks. So, yeah. Let's talk. So, so were you, how are you feeling at this point? Uh, I mean, I was pumped. I really thought, I mean, honestly, I was like, all right, I'm going 43 tonight. Um, I'm going to sauce on them. Uh, I'm going to do my thing. But I did not, and I end up losing. It was a close race, and, you know, watching it, I was like, oh, I just, you know, could have broke out a lot faster, put my head down earlier, stuff like that. I was just kicking myself for that. But I don't know. It was it was definitely uncomfortable, very, extremely uncomfortable for me to lose like that. I was not in a good mood the rest of the meet because of that. I like it. Well, let, let me fast forward to get this race started. One second. Um, First of all, has anybody, have we ever had three guys go 44 in a race? I mean, I know schooling and Caleb uh, went pretty fast next to one another. Were there three guys under 45? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I believe- so how do you feel I'm going out in this first 25? Yeah, we I'm sorry. Uh, how did you feel going out the first 25? Did you feel comfortable and smooth? Where are you at there? Are you too excited yeah. to rush? I, I've been trying to, you know, I talked with Jason and Jay about it. I just, I can't understand how I can go out 20.6 in my hunter fly and then 20.8 in my 2IM. And I really, you know, I like sometimes I read the comments of some time and they're funny. But, you know, it was funny because people were roasting me and they're like, oh, like he's going out too fast. But like, I promise you, I'm not going out too fast. Like, that's what's comfortable for me. I just don't know how to like get it even faster. 
Yeah, sometimes it's weird like that, where that easy speed, uh, there's a fine line between easy speed and forcing it. Right. And I think I was forcing it because, I don't know, that's not... Oh, yeah. yeah, that was a close race. Definitely. You mentioned, you mentioned feeling lackadaisical, though, or, or you know, kind of not, not, not with the right energy that you would typically do best in entering the meet. Um, what, did that, what did that feel like pre-race? Does that mean... You know, lethargic. Does that mean low energy amongst your teammates? So where where do you think that came from? Yeah, I th I think there was a lot of you know, just it felt like a weight on our team and myself, and I didn't feel you know like very snappy and uh, upbeat like I normally do at like invite or just like any dual mate or something. I just it was very strange because before all my races I didn't feel great, you know, but like before dual meets I can have five races or something. And I'm still feeling good. So it was just interesting. I definitely think that it just had to do with like, you know, the weather. We were out of the water. So that definitely, you know, punched us in the stomach a little bit. But I think we bounced back fairly decent from that. You know, I just that meet was just one of those like, like what happened? Like I really I was not not satisfied, basically. So I was I, I came back and, you know, recollected and I was thinking I just. I felt like I didn't work hard enough, basically. I don't know. Huh. Do you still feel that way or you only felt that way before and like immediately after the meet? Well, you know, after the meet, I'm thinking like what went wrong? And I was just, you know, pondering like, oh, was it like the taper? No, that's not really, uh, I would not blame the taper because I feel like the work you put in just solves that. And I think that like, it wasn't my mindset because, you know, I was excited for the meet. I'm a very competitive guy. So I think that my mind was in the right place. I just think that I just got lazy and didn't notice it. Like I was working hard, of course, you know, everybody works hard, but I wasn't like doing, giving it my hundred, 110%. I was just doing a hundred percent. So luckily you have another chance for it coming up here shortly. What are the adjustments you're hoping to make at NCs? Uh, just, you know, smarter, more detailed work and just more investment into performance and not just like going through the motions and stuff like that you know because you know you can get by on talent for a while but you know if people really want it they will pass you and they'll leave you they'll leave you behind how do you feel well what what is your approach typically to meets when you get the best out of yourself like um for example last summer you know winning nationals did you go in do you go into meets with the expectation that you are going to achieve a certain thing and or go a certain time and, or what? what's your mindset whenever you have your best results? I think it's a little bit of both because whenever, you know, short course, long course, it doesn't necessarily matter to me. But I think that, you know, going into the meet, realistically, you have to have, obviously, everybody should have a goal that it might be unattainable, but it's something that, you know, if you try your hardest and maybe it happens, um, you know, you're ecstatic and it's super satisfying. But there's always like realistic goals like, I put in this work, I've done this, I've done this, I've done that. I know I can get this out of myself 100%. So I always have those like set standards, you know, like I always, of course, I feel that I work hard enough and I invest enough to always go best times whenever, you know, the championships rolls around and so stuff like that. But I don't think I necessarily place like a, like this major, this big thing, you know, like for me, I think right now, like I'm swimming fast and stuff, but a major goal of mine is to break an American record, you know, at least one or two or whatever. So it's just, 
I don't know, but sometimes I feel like that can also like hinder me because I'm focused so much on it. I felt like it invite every single race I was chasing that and it kind of kind of messed with me a little bit. Brian, I was thinking of your question. I was wondering what how you're gonna answer that, Shane, because when I see your career, it's quite young. Uh, I mean, you swam on your own, basically in high school. Uh, you know, you, you've had a, a young career in terms of swimming at a national level. Mm-hmm. I mean, when did, you, when did you swim your first national national meet? How many years ago was that? 2018. 2018. So you're for senior nationals, that is. You know, so you, you have so much more racing to go on a belt. And you've, you've had a career that's been so surprising to us and, and, and you know, to you. So I was wondering how well are you still being surprised at your performances based on what you're expected and what you're getting results because your career has been so um, exponential increase and so young still, mm-hmm. you, know, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think that I've only gone to nationals, what is it, just three summers ago and all of this has happened. But at the same time, I also feel like I've been in the game for a decent amount of time where I start to understand things, I'm starting to figure out like what works for my body and what makes me go fast and what makes me go slow and stuff like that. And I understand that, I mean, hopefully, I, I plan on having a long um, and happy career with swimming. I'm trying to get, uh, you know, who knows how long it'll last, whether it's this cycle or maybe a couple cycles down the road. But I'm just, I'm just taking it bit by bit. I, do, I don't wanna rush into anything. And you mentioned uh, going after some American records. I'd love to hear which records you think are attainable or which are the the low-hanging fruit because you're pretty versatile. You can do a lot of different events, whether it's, like you said, and I've heard in different interviews that a hunter fly you're still figuring out a little bit, obviously the backstrokes, the IM. Which ones do you think are the easiest to obtain? I would not I would not use easy. <laughs> it's, not, it's not really easy, but I think the things that, are the closest to me would be backstrokes. I think I'm very close. Uh, you know, I feel like who knows? It could be next meet. It could be next year. It could be never. You never know. But I think backstrokes. Hopefully, at some point, I'll crack underneath and snag one or two of those. And then, of course, I am. You know, being an IMer, uh, I love to train. I am because I don't know. I'm just very like OCD. Oh, I need to do brushstroke today. Oh, I need to do butterfly. I need to do all four strokes. Like if a, if if it's a four round set, I'm doing all four um, a stroke per round. You know, that's just how I am. It's really funny. But um, yeah, uh, two I am hundred back, two hundred backstroke, and you know maybe if I develop and keep growing, and uh, I'm still swimming collegiately, maybe two fly or something because that's an event that you know is it, it's like a randomly good one for me for some reason. In in what pool? In both pools, short and long, you, you, you target oh, longs. Oh well, I, as of as of short course, you know the four I just mentioned, but um, long course uh, backstrokes, I, I I really am working for. That's a crazy one though, especially the two hundred. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, so. yeah. That's a legit record. Hey, so what, do, Shane? What do you think that you do well? What makes you fast? <laughs> Like a all or nothing question. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can go philosophical if you want. <laughs> you can see, I have the biggest feet. Your coach said when he first saw you on deck, you're just like this amazing uh, physique. And, and the thing is, the physical, it's mental, it's your training, it's your. Um, it's it's a 
it's a combination of a lot of things. I think, you know, mentally, you know, there's like my ups and downs of how, uh, you know, tough I've been, and, you know, sometimes I'm a little soft, but for the most part, I'm extremely driven and focused, but physically, you know, I have really long legs, freakishly long legs for some reason, and freakishly long arms. So I think, you know, that has its pros and cons, but I think there's a lot more pros than cons with that. And I do, at least in my opinion, I do work very hard for myself, but you know, you can always do a little more, which I plan to. I want to work hard. How tall are you? Have you done measurements, wingspan, and, and how does it affect your strength? And, you know? Um, I think I'm around either, I'm, in, I'm either a little over 6'3 or about 6'4 flat. And I'm about 180. Well, it depends competition weight. I'm like 182. Uh -huh. mm. I'm usually a little heavier during training. And um, actually, it's crazy because I have like below average well, not below average, but just like, you know, out of everybody who has crazy large feet, I have normal feet. I have like size 11 and a half, 12. Yeah, that's average. Whoa, yeah. yeah. I was about to say, you and I are almost exactly the same. I would race at 185, a 6'4 on the dot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've got much bigger feet and totally different events and I can't swim a 4,400 fly or a <laughs> 136 two back. But um but yeah, what I wonder about that though, the the advantages of certain physiological differences. Uh, you know, we were talking to Gary Hall about uh, you know foot size, and he was just saying, hey, you know, Ian Thorpe's uh, size seventeen feet were had to have been a massive advantage, right? That's like a zoomer, right? It's yeah. like enormous feet, and yeah. then and then there are certain swimmers too that have just had massively huge hands and and yeah. like. I've always wondered, you know, is our finger extensions going to be illegal? Like, could you do that? I can't. My hands are kind of. I I think feet size for sure. That feet size and ankle flexibility, like that's that's like half the stroke right there. Just the kick. But I was talking to Coleman Stewart too, and Coleman Stewart was talking about his flexibility and his ability to 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 mm -hmm. arch, you know arch. Remember that his physique and yeah. Uh, you played that's basketball. You played football. Can you palm a, a basketball? Did you have really good leaping? Were you able to? I mean, yeah, I'm able to palm a basketball. I think I have also great flexibility for uh, like a taller guy because you know, yeah. Some people are like, oh, shorter people are a little more flexible, but I'm pretty flexible. You know, I can get my face to my knees and stuff, and like touch my ankles or whatever with like a water bottle or something ahead of it, stuff like that. Do you learn from your teammates and some of the stuff they do in dry land? I mean, we spoke to your teammate for a while about her Eldoa and her Olympic lift barrel. Do you do you learn? Do you apply specific stuff to you? Do you do stuff in the weight room in dry land to you and Jason or your coach work on that? Um, I used to not really focus on like core strength and stability, but Beryl is uh, she's pretty big on that. You know, she has better abs than I do, which says a lot. But um, <laughs> <laughs> and she, she's a big underwater with like the the whole like yeah. motion stuff like that so she kind of preached like that i mean we're separate because of the covid stuff but whenever we were training together she was very big on like the kick like a, a full like up and down a full kick because i have a really good what is it on my back i think up kick or down kick i don't know one of mine is lacking i'm, I'm trying to work on it hmm. well good no, as I, as I light on here, as I say, so you um, are you a faster kicker on your back underwater or on your front underwater? On my back, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, um, what, what I was going to say, what event do you enjoy swimming the most? I mean, enjoy meaning like I really look forward to this race. For me, it was a 50 fly. That was not my pet event, but the 50 fly had to be my favorite event. Was And it was because it was just so fun, so easy, just so I didn't care. I was relaxed. Mm-hmm. Was it for you? Um, the 200 backstroke short course, long course. Really? Never, yeah. But short course, it's more of an interesting um, strategy that really helps me at least because, you know, the first 50 – Luckily, I have the easy speed to cruise a 22 low or 21 high or whatever. So then I go out, you know, and then from there, I'm like, okay, now the race starts. And that's when I start per lap stroke tempo and stuff like that increasing. Um, my underwaters are all right on that. But I feel like as long as my stroke tempo is a certain number, I think it's like, uh, I don't know. I was looking at this yesterday with Jay. I think it's like 1.2 or 1.3. As long as it's in that range, I'm I'm set for a uh, fairly decent swim it's one of the most painful events out there you you cool with that you're good you, your legs don't kill you in that last 25 you're underwater doesn't burn i mean how are you feeling in that last 50 i think i i don't know i've done 200 brushstroke and 200 im 4 am <laughs> i think those races are more like taxing on the whole body backstroke um i don't know i mean yes i obviously feel it of course but yeah. I don't know. I guess it might be an experience thing that I don't feel it. You know, maybe a lot of people say in those rankings, just do it once a season and it's the worst thing they've ever done. <laughs> me, I've done, I've done plenty of 200 backstrokes. So I, I kind of grasp the event and I know what to do with it. So with your 200 back, what type of kick count are you trying to hold off each wall? And are we going to see you versus six Cal 200 backstrokers at NCs? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely I will, I will be there, uh, <laughs> you know, kick stuff like that. I'm not really, that's something that I'm trying to figure out because I suck at kicking, but I'm excellent at swimming. So it's kind of like a trade-off, but long short course, you need kicking to really maximize uh, your performance. So I was trying to find a good balance. I think my number is four or five in a 200. Um, well, you think you suck at kicking. That's that's wild because I've watched a couple of races of yours going 136 on the two back. I'm pretty sure you're, you're pretty legal <laughs> underwater. Yeah, define sucks. Well, how, where do you want to take this? Like, you should where, Luke you underwater. Luke versus you underwater. You'll have a whole definition of If sucks. I put fins on on a motorboat behind me, I would keep up. Yeah, no, but no, but seriously. So, uh, relative to your competitors, even you are you are fast underwater. So when you say that you're, and, and I don't know when you say kicking, if it applies to all kicking or you know kicking in practice or something. But can you elaborate on that? Because you know what we see in the race results sure appears differently. So I'm wondering if you have different expectations for yourself as a kicker, and that's where you feel like you're lacking. Yeah, I'm. I mean, kicking wise, on my back, I can't. I don't think I lose normally but on my stomach i'm like the eighth fastest kicker you know with the a board um but on my backstroke i'm not necessarily focused on like um are you talking about like actual like back kick or like underwater well i think about it all together but i'm just saying like if you say that you're kicking and i look at the races and go well i don't think that you go 136 multiple times without being pretty damn good underwater or kicking in general uh, I think I think my swimming really carries my uh, my swims. 
But, um, you know, with the 100 long course, I think my breakout, at, at least for my 2019 swim, I had an excellent breakout. And my first 15 was, was yeah. uh, fairly decent as well. But I do think that I have a lot more to learn because, you know, I was only 19 at the time. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I lost my uh, train of thought. I, I apologize. At the race. Um, uh, reaction time, for some reason, I'm fairly decent with. Um, I think I was, you know, when I was racing Murphy in uh, San Antonio last month, uh, we were both 0.5 something, something like that. You're really high up on your starts. Yeah. I think I, it has to do with the long legs. You know, the angles are a little weird if I'm a lot lower and stuff like that. So I have to get up there a little bit. Yeah, a little uncomfortable, but it's it, it's uh, good for performance, if you ask me. And now, uh, you know, the start. And that's because I think my start is a lot better than it is now, especially my, my breakout and everything. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just churning away. Feeling good, feeling smooth. Good, yeah, it's actually crazy because I couldn't see because, you know, I have glasses, but here I didn't have prescription goggles. So I just went to the store and bought a pair of mirrored ones. And right there, when I get to the wall, I'm like, oh, like, where's the wall? And I'm just like, all right, one, two, three, flip, turn. All right, that was a decent turn. I felt uh, like I could Because when I saw this race, when I saw this race, I thought, man, his legs come over so slow. <laughs> yeah, my legs are so bad. It's the it's the little things. But, um, you know, since that race, I've done a lot better on my turns. I think if you watch, like, maybe, I don't know, when I went 43 in the 100 backstroke, that is a much more solid race. My underwaters are good there and my turns but that was that was a young shane in that race i still had a lot to learn at this point you knew you were ahead though because you looked on your turn didn't you and you knew where you were at this point yeah yeah hey how uh, would you say a lot which is a problem i need to get my head <laughs> completely straight up it's a nice shot of you right there. yeah that's yeah. yeah that's some good backstroke that my uh my right arm is crossing a little bit but there's a lot to learn. It's crazy though, not swimming long course for almost over a year. I feel like my stroke is completely different now, which is very frustrating whenever I'm doing pace and fast mm. because I'm so used to the short course, like tempo, tempo, and tempo and stuff like that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like find my old stroke again with the new strength that I have. Yeah. Are you guys ordinarily in the fall, especially doing some cycling back and forth between the big pool and short course? Uh, I mean, the bureaucrats you know, they control everything and they haven't really let us do any long course. I think the only long course I've done was that race back in January, I believe, in San Antonio. So wow. I've not been doing long course at all, but I also don't think that it really will make or break my chances. But it is nice to swim long course, you know, for confidence and just like working on the stroke, nice and long, smooth swimming. Yeah. Are, are you guys planning on after NCAAs making a making a pretty quick, abrupt, long course shift and hitting yeah. it hard? There was talk about just getting it switched. You know, it just costs a lot of mo money to move the bulkheads and stuff, but that's not my money. So I'm not really worried about money to move the bulkheads. That's why they're worried about Oh, it's because they have less lanes for lap swimming. Is that why they have less? Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Hey, I want to so uh, reflecting on that hundred backstroke from nationals though that you won. You go fifty two seven. It's um, you know, at a, at a nationals though where there's you know, uh, I think the world championship team wasn't there. So um, uh, what I'm curious about is, you know, how that impacts your performance 
as you go toward you know this summer even though it's a super weird trials format you'll still be in a heat uh, with you know the top guys multiple heats uh, multiple events but um do you how, how do you approach what's your mental approach to big meets like that and you know do you feel like you know how to perform yourself against the top competition or are you working on things to prepare for that um i mean i think with that swim it gave me a lot of uh push in the right direction you know i'm 19 i went 45 9 that year and then i went the 52 or whatever <laughs> so or no maybe it was 44 but anyways you know i'm a lot faster now so there's that going for me um I definitely think my aerobic capacity is better. So I just feel like I'm overall a better swimmer. So I'm confident in my ability. And it was nice racing Ryan for the first time, you know, like seeing him in the flesh, like, oh, this is the guy to like race and try to attempt to beat and stuff like that. So I think that I'm, I'm following a really good trajectory with um, how I want to perform in a couple months. Um, but I think, you know, I think the one thing I'm just lacking is just long course like racing. And fortunately, as of now, I have a time trial on Sunday, Hunter Backstroke. So that will be really nice to see, you know, kind of gauge where I'm at. Um, not early in the season anymore, or even in the, like the really chunky work part where I had my meet in January. Because I did, I really honestly felt a little flat on that meet, which was kind of frustrating because I'm like, oh, like I really want to be with Ryan right now. But you know, I just have to be patient with it. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of interesting to put a long course swim, you know, before the college season is completely over. Right. Yeah. Olympic year. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. What are, tell me about training at Texas A&M and preparing for, uh, I don't know. I mean, becoming, uh, you're on the path to being one of the best swimmers in the world. You already are. So, uh, what's, What's kind of stood out to you in the last couple of years about, you know, training methods, uh, schedule, whatever the, you know, competition wise that it takes to be at that top level? Uh, it takes a lot of patience and balance and organization because I'm not good with organizing my time. So I've, uh, you know, my freshman year, I was extremely bad at like uh you know school napping swimming i would like fall asleep during class and stuff like that and you know sometimes if, if i'm like oh like i have to study like you know staying up late going to practice not having a great practice so freshman year was a huge learning curve for me and i finally got the reins of it and pulled it in my sophomore year and that's when i showed the most improvement you know going from like 140 or like 139.9 two back to 137.1 and stuff like that but I think, you know, being older and one of the upperclassmen, as uh, you call me, I'm not really an upperclassman. I'm like, I'm like a kid on the deck. But uh, yeah, you know, being like that one of the older guys, um, it's a lot more focused now, especially being in this part of the cycle, you know, like it's every single week, it just gets closer and closer. And it's crazy because, you know, I love to pop off at the mouth and I'm always saying like random crap to like Jason and I'm like, all right, like 5,100 backstroke, like all, all this random stuff. I just, you know, just bringing up the energy. But uh, as the as it gets closer and closer, I start to get a little more quiet and like deep and uh, focused and stuff like that. So, you know, leading to like big meets, I'm pretty quiet and just. We're going to get into this. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I, I want to know how how does that how do you see your role as a you know one of the top guys on the team as a leader and the impact that it may have on on your teammates? How do how do you how do you kind of position yourself uh, within the team? Uh, I like to put myself like kind of in the middle normally you know just like you know everyday situation like I'm not a captain or whatever I don't have like the title as like the official leader or whatever but like obviously people watch and listen to what I do whether I'm being an idiot or a responsible person but you know for the most part I like to just I like to be relaxed on deck you know mess around with my buds and stuff like that but as soon as I jump in the water and it's like main set time, well, not even in warm up, I'm still messing around. But as soon as it makes the switch from warm up to main set time, then I'm completely different, a lot more aggressive and uh, really uh, focused and gunning for something. So give us an idea of a set where you're having a good time with Jason and giving him a hard time about going 51s and things like that. Uh, I mean, it depends on the day. You know, if I'm doing well, You'll hear, you'll definitely be hearing me the whole practice. But if I'm not, I'm probably pissed off or something. But um, I don't know. Let's say it's like you know, 1650s uh, pace on like a minute or something. You know, blocks of four, and I'm doing flyback breast free, and you know, I'm holding 23s or whatever. Because I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, all right, like I need to be very methodical and like this exact time, regardless of how like well I'm swimming. You know, if I'm if my true pace for like two flies like 25 hours or something, I should not be going faster. But then some days I'm like, screw that. Like I want to work hard and just go for it. And I start going, you know, 23 something, 22, and then I just go 55, 21, and I'm just yelling like, oh, you can't touch me and stuff like that. And I'm splashing water and throwing. Stuff. I know swimmers like you. <laughs> you there. The coach says 10 50s holding 27s. You're like, hey, no, 27s. Let's go 25, boys. No, I mean, I definitely listen and I do what I need to do, but yeah, sometimes but you push I, just, I, I sometimes I go for it. Hold on, my laptop is dying. That's it. There you go. You got a cool style. Who's who are your style influences? Um, styles, clothing. Um, I'm not really sure. I just, I guess, like, just modern fashion. You know, like, I have a lot of shoes. I can show you guys some shoes, but um. Okay, shoe. Show me your shoe. All right, let me get some. Okay, let's do it. All right, these are two of my latest pickups. Dude, in the box too. There we go. Yeah, this is actually super funny because I love showing my shoes. And <laughs> I got big shoes out of mine, then. Top Face Fours. I got these early, but I still haven't worn them. Oh, those are the Jordan 3s, dude. 1989. That's awesome. Jordan 4, sorry. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Those are cool. Those are cool. I had those. Yep. Um, Chicago SB Dunks. Uh-huh. My roommate my roommate and I, we, we're very competitive with our shoes. What do you, okay, yeah, what got? you got any, any Adidas? Adidas is in a nice Star Wars range. Uh, I'm not really good in Adidas. You're a Nike guy. You're a jump. Yeah. And then like Travis Scott sixes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I I think I had a pair of those actually. Yeah, those were very popular when they came out in the 90s. Yeah, right? and like a white. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shane, man. You gotta rock those. <laughs> yeah. I, I do need to wear my clothes uh my shoes a lot more and stuff like that. 
Is there? Do you get a new pair for a big swim meet, or is, is anything tied to the meet itself? No, I mean, I just reward myself if I if I really want something after a while. I'm like, oh, okay, like I've got a couple of best times. Let's get a new pair of shoes. Yeah. Do you think that we should get kits like good kits, not just like tracks pants, but some nice shoes, some nice. I don't know what what's the best shoes you ever got from a national team or you guys. Ooh, uh, I guess the. The A&M Ultra Boost. These are pretty cool. The school ones. Oh, those are yeah. cool. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, I like them. Very comfortable, practical, school colors. Nice. Standard issue. Yeah. But yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, uh, you know, I don't know. I was the kind of... I would, I would usually get new shoes before a big meet. That was that was my thing, you know. And some people, it's like, you know, <laughs> some people got to make a playlist or, you know, they've got a certain, um, you know, just like routine. I, I think I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, Cesar Cielo coming back from, uh, what year was this? 2007 Worlds. Uh, and that was before Beijing. So Phelps won like six golds at that world or seven. And then it was like all the big rage for next year. It was like, oh, is he going to come back and win eight? And Caesar got Caesar got back from uh, from that world. And he's like, Phelps wouldn't tell anybody what he was listening to before every race. But he said that he listened to the same song. And Caesar's like, I heard him because he was like behind in the relay. He took his headphones off and he said, every time he's listening to smack that. (laughs) (laughs) All I remember is Caesar just going, freaking smack that. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. Are you a headphones guy before races? Do you get jumped? Not really. I mean, I, I do listen to music, just AirPods. Uh, it doesn't really matter, but I just listen to like, you know, '90s hip hop and rap. Just, you know, just feeling like a gangster. I'm feeling cool, <laughs> feeling bad, like nobody can beat me. Just stuff like that. But sometimes I don't even listen to music. I'm just like, nothing's changing this. Like, I'm gonna go do this. Well, how do you? What do you think it is? I mean, are you are you clinical about um, what what it takes to get yourself into the right mindset to get the best out of yourself? Yeah, I definitely think that like. You know, there's some things that you just can't replicate and, you know, like the importance of certain swims, like let's say like a dual meet swim versus a tapered swim. There's a lot of things going on in your mind that's completely different. So I think like you can try and attempt to like, you know, uh, manipulate the factors to like squeeze out the performance. That's how I think of it. But I think that, you know, there's just you know, sometimes you just can't really get the full gear churning yet. You know, like, I don't know. I just think that my dual meet self or just in season self is not the same as my end of season self, if that makes sense. Hmm. And and meaning that in the dual meet, you're, you're uh, a higher energy than you are when it comes to, you know, the pressure race. Right. Yeah. I know. I, um, I, you know, it must've been a previous podcast or something when they were talking about that. And I mentioned that, like, you know, my dual meet self, I'm doing more so like more external things to get like hyped for my races, you know, like listening to music, jumping around, you know, um, getting motivated by like my teammates and my environment. But I think at like taper meets, you know, like the pressure of that meet and like everything unfolding, you know, like the years of work, you know, in some cases is enough mentally to just get you in the zone. At least for me, you know, like every yeah. tape, like I can just sit there and just 
visualize, and that's enough to get going. What about your warm-ups? Does that differ at all in the water from a dual meet to a taper meet, or it's pretty set? No, it's pretty set. I, I always do, like, um, you know, just depending on how I feel. I, I always stick to themes. I don't have the same thing. I always do build. I do hundreds, uh, not best average, but, like, you know, the day of, like, four ams, I'll just do three ones on 105, hold 50 point, and try to make it, like, as effortless as possible. It's, it's not easy. I'm always, like, <laughs> afterwards, but, you know, so I do that. And, you know, that's only, like, 4 a.m., like, long race days. But normally, you know, take that out. And if it's 2 a.m., it's just 50s pace. But it's not time. It's only effort. And, you know, sometimes I listen to time. Sometimes I'm, I just do just the effort. And then sprint days, I still haven't figured out my sprinting. But, like, um, I just do, like, assisted pulls. That, that kind of helps, you know, like, get in the rhythm of just going all out. So it's kind of, yeah, that's, those are the three things I'm usually cycling, just depending on the meet. Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, one idea would be not tapering, you know, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> straight into the meat. And you know, what's crazy. I swear. I don't know if it's just me, but sometimes if you give me a day or two of rest, I have the same, I, I can almost match, you know, a, a taper swim. It's, I don't know. It's, it always frustrates me. My invite swims to my SEC and NCAA swims. They're, they're just weird. I don't know. Do you think that's just you and the coaches getting that right groove and figuring it out? Because, like yeah. I said, I know you like to have a good time at practice, but I'm sure you're working your ass off. So I'm sure you could use a little bit more rest. Yeah, and going back back to it, you know, the environment, that's like the biggest thing. You know, being at home with the energy, with the expectation, you know, like everybody's watching, oh, what's Shane going to do? I think that always is a recipe for me to swim fast. Oh, just that's how I see it. I'm like, I'm just gonna swim fast it in by every single year. Like, it just happens that way. Huh. If I was to ask, I'd love to speak to Jason and say, Jason, how do you, how do you, how, how does Shane, how how is Shane best coached? Like, you know, it's like a thoroughbred, thoroughbred racehorse. Like, do you just like get him ready, put him in the starting gates? Do your thing. Like, how does how does Jason work with you? Describe that relationship. Jason is your coach. First of all, it's a J. Who's your coach? And and how and how what what's the what's the, how's your relationship with them? You have two coaches, yeah. I have, I have two coaches, and you know, my first year it was mostly Jason. Then my sophomore year it was mostly Jay, right. and this year it's mostly Jason again. But Jay still has a lot of influence on like you know my mind and you know like the intensity and stuff like i have like that and like the way he motivates me is a lot different than jason because you know jason's a younger more um yeah. you know with this generation jay's a much older and like wise person where he'll be like remember who you're who you're racing during a set and jason will be like go faster like <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah but i i love the both because they you know, like they take what's missing from this side and they take what's missing from this side and then they put it together and it's complete. So I like that. Um, but yeah, when it comes to like, a, you know, like training, like Jason's more like fast, junior um, pace, stuff like that. And Jay's more like aerobic, longer swimming and stuff like that. I would like to be known as a wise one, John and Brian from now on, because I'm the older wise one. 
So mm. I'm just keeping it there, okay? Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, today you're the one with the worst internet. Oh hey, no. <laughs> um Shane, what do you think about professional swimming? Have you thought about your career? I mean, honestly, thinking about somebody who does really well on two days of taper is like the perfect recipe for ISL. So uh I don't know. Yeah. Thoughts on that? Uh, you know, like I obviously cannot wait to start making money to do what I'm already doing. Yeah. So that's 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 uh definitely in my mind, obviously. I, you know. Um, whether I go pro after the Olympics, if I swim well enough and do great things, or I swim one more year, I definitely think that I will be swimming professionally very soon. And, you know, the ISO does sound awesome. I, I hope it plays out. I'm not sure, you know, like what's going on really. Cause like, you know, you hear things and stuff like that, but I'll worry about that when I get to it. That's really my mindset. Sure. What type of event schedule do you think would you would uh, be best suited for you at ISL? I'm sure you've been following it. You're yeah. very versatile. What events and how many do you think you could handle? Yeah, that's the the event frequency is what I'm working on. But I think, you know, backstrokes, uh, I guess two fly. I really don't know if I can hang yet on a fly. But it is short course meters, so that kind of enters into, like, my territory of swimming. You know, it's more the longer the races – the more likely I will excel at it, basically, is my thinking on that. But, yeah, I mean, butterfly backstroke, I am. Hopefully 4am. I, I love 4am. I'm not, I'm not afraid of it. It's just, it is a daunting race, and it's hard to, like, really, like, become a great at that race. But that's a race that, at least while I'm young, I will attempt to do. Okay, but one thing. If you're going to leave school early to go pro don't be one of those guys who says i'm gonna take my talents to the la parent <laughs> yeah i don't <laughs> i i know i would not we're gonna that. form a new team okay to be a new team <laughs> it be the, the brazilian <laughs> something yeah, I press conference though i'm not gonna lie i'll go wherever is most comfortable and best for me but that that was pretty funny talk about yourself in the third person yeah. guys Shane, Right. So Shane Cassis has to do what a Shane Cassis has to do. But I, I saw a headline saying that um, is Shane Cassis going to make the U.S. Olympic team? And I'm going to go back to try and impersonate Beryl Gastadello. Beryl says, you know, a year ago, I went on deck to Shane and said, Shane, dude, you believe that you might you, you might make a, 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 a trials or you might make the Olympic team in a relay, dude. And now it's like, dude, you might make the team in many events. I'm trying to be Beryl. I would love to know, like, to me, like, you have as much chance to make the Olympic team as anybody in this in on this planet, especially and as anybody. Um, what what are, you, what are you thinking of trials? What are you thinking of that of that of that um, zone one? Where where are you heading? Are, are you have you thought about that? Are you waiting to see? Um, what what's your four month plan? Yeah, I mean, I'm in my mind. I'm going to do everything I can to make it. You know, like as. Awful as COVID has been, you know, like it was a blessing for myself. You know, it gave me another year to do everything I can to put myself on the team. So, you know, I felt extremely confident going into 2020, but 2021, I feel like, you know, it's not just make the team. It's all right, I'm going to make this team and I'm going to come home with a medal. And I hope I have multiple medals, you know, gold, silver, bronze, whichever, you know, that that'll be that. But I really, 
think at this point, like, I feel like I'm ready. And if I don't make it, you know, that's like, that's a, that'll be a tough pill to swallow, but I really think that I have a great shot to make it. And I have done what I need to do to get to that point. I just need to see where I'm at. You know, this, this time trial on Sunday will really, uh, really help me out and gauge where I'm at because I feel by now, like I, I even, even not rested. I feel like I need, I need to be at around the best time huh. area. Going so, what if, so what if you're not? I'll figure it out. I'll make it happen. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to throw in the towel. And then what happens? What happens if you do? What if you, what if you go best time by half a second? It'll be awesome. Oh, this, this weekend. Yeah. Oh, I'll be, I'll be sitting pretty. I'll be, I'll be uh, on the rooftop. I'll be doing backflips off, uh, <laughs> off the stadium. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I think it'd be awesome. That give me all the confidence I need, and I'll just keep doing my thing, you know, and then just let it, let me do me. But you know, if I'm not, then it says like, oh, like we have four months. Like, let's figure this out. I'm not gonna give up. Hmm. What's have your? You ever been to Japan? I'm sorry. Have you ever been to Japan? Never. Hmm. You'd be a tall guy there. I think you'd fit in though. Yeah. I feel like I'm average height, honestly. Like people call me tall, but once you look at these big swimming, it's all of a sudden you're like not tall, and you're like, "What the hell, dude?" Like I'm six four, and some guy's towering over me in lane five. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and you're competing against the guy that was I was on relays with, and Matt Grievers. Mm-hmm. And I've been on relays with him, and I was definitely the shortest guy on the relay. Yeah, it's crazy. Swimming is very, very different than it used to be. Hmm. I have a big turn here. Um, so you you are trials and and you make your team. Um, not many um, um, swimmers of color have made a U.S. Olympic team. Um, what would your mom say? What do you think your mom would react when she sees you make the U.S. Olympic team? Because um, she's been there since the start of your with your swimming journey from 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 getting you to learn to swim. Describe that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she'll definitely be crying. You know, everybody will be crying. Hopefully I'm not crying. I don't think I'm not too emotional, but you I'm know, crying. Crying. it'll make me cry, but yeah, it'll be a sweet and tender moment. If I, you know, can truly do it, you know, I've been talking about it. My basically I was like seven or eight, you know, I've been talking about it. So it'll be crazy to do it, you know, 14, 14 years later. Um, but you know, we'll just have to see. It, you got into swimming. To, to 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 prevent um accidental drowning and drowning given your um you know, tr- tragic dad's history um and and yeah. to turn around and, and to turn into something glorious talk about that talk about what feels to you yeah yeah it's definitely um i mean i really i'm not i'm comfortable with it but i definitely don't talk about it a lot so definitely always well, we don't need to then it's okay no no that's no, cool uh i think uh you know like the way that happened, you know, it scarred my mother, you know, so, uh, you know, swimming became like a huge priority. Like she would never let that happen to another person she loved again. So she put, uh, she put us in swimming and that's awesome because, you know, football was not going well for me and basketball, basketball was fun, but I just, I don't know if I had the, the top end talent to keep going, but, you know, swimming, like I'm extremely grateful for it because, at the same time, I'm also happy to be the age I am and not have any physical problems. Like I love swimming, and if my kids want to do it, that'd be awesome. But I think everybody should swim. Swimming's good for your mind and body, and 
you know, it's, you know, the story is sad, but I'm glad to, I guess, like, uh, make something out of it, you know, make something positive out of it, you know, it's awful to happen, but, you know, I feel like my mother wouldn't want it any other way now, the way it is. Uh, I only brought it up because we've had recent talks with Jamal Hill, David Curtis got into sport for for similar reasons as you. Um, we just spoke to a, a brilliant um, uh, swimmer who's coming out this weekend, and her mom um, in the island in Curacao. She's an Olympic medalist. She she started off for the same reason. Her mom took her to the beach to teach her to swim because she didn't want to see her. The same reason. So you know, underserved communities, prevention of drowning. It's it's very important that people recognize that, and we all do as all of us are making effort. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shane, we got a couple of rapid fire questions for you to close. All right, go for it. What's the hardest race in swimming? Hardest race, 200 breaststroke. Long course or short course? Uh, both. both. Olympic gold or world record? Olympic gold. Are nose clips cheating? Um, I really don't think so because some people like me, I can plug my nose with my mouth, but not everybody has the physical attributes to do that. So I don't think so. I think it closes the gap. Oh, so are you cheating by doing that? No, I was. <laughs> this was given to me at birth. I'm not cheating. Oh, just kidding. Um, if you could start an ISL team, what would you call it? Uh, I'm not creative enough to. It's probably a shoe brand. Come on. <laughs> the heat. Yeah, the heat. There you go. The heat. And we always have fire on our feet. <laughs> I like that. What's uh what time what time does it take to make the US team in the hunter back? Uh I mean, I'm hoping to see fifty one and it'll get done that way. So what time does it take to stand at the top of the podium in Tokyo? Uh with you know, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce the Chinese, you know, the top Chinese backstroker. Evgeny and, you know, Murphy, of course, you know, he's the guy still, even if he might not be as on fire, but he's still, he's still the guy to be. And he's my dark horse, but um, I think 5150 or faster wins it. If, I mean, I could be wrong. I could, it could be 518 again or some uh, 519. Who knows? But I think 5150 is going to take it. You got to let us know how your time trial goes this weekend. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> Man, uh, it's been fun to talk to you, Shane. Thanks for hanging out and uh, all the best of luck for this season. Yeah. I love these. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Right on. All right. That's it for the Social Kick podcast, and we'll see y'all next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it. And be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at the social kick podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, the social kick, and you can find all of our content on our website at the social kick.com. <laughs>